Hello, heroes and heroines, sidekicks and supervillains. Welcome back to another episode of Panel Pictures. I'm your friendly neighborhood, Zach James, and as always, I'm joined by the human incarnation of Larflees, Cody McKinney. Cody, how are you this week? We are doing well. Just going out of the gate with that, are we? Indeed. <laughs> Because we are not going to sit here for 40 minutes and make you wait for the thing you wanted to see and hear. <laughs> that was pretty on point, actually. Um, so, yeah, so if the, the uh, flawless impersonation of, uh, of Eddie Brock slash Venom wasn't a key there, uh, a, you know, a, a point there, we are reviewing Venom today. This is a weird one. This is a, it's a weird one to review and talk about because uh, the way I've described it, I, uh, th- this past week, my wife and I went and saw Halloween in theaters and I bumped into a buddy of mine and I asked him, said, had you seen Venom recently? Yeah. And he said, no. And I was kind of taken aback because he's a big comic book <laughs> guy as well. And he said, oh, I'm just not going to make time for Venom. And I said, that's fine. That's fair. You know, I get it. Like comic material fatigue, right? Uh, he said, well, how would you describe it? And I said, it literally made me think of all the bad movies I had ever seen in my life and then all the good movies I'd seen in my life because it could be infinitely worse, but it could also be infinitely better. Yeah. Like, it is almost the definition of a middle-of-the-road comic book movie. If you were going to, like, rate it, like, one out of ten, it's an easy, like, five or six. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's there. And it has some really good high points, and then it's just got some weird low points. Yeah, some some really weird low points. Exactly. Um, so, Cody, as per usual, what we do whenever we do a podcast with a new character, what was your first uh, introduction to Venom? Uh, what, was the first, what was the first time you remember seeing Venom? Um, that's a weird one. Crap. It had to have been something related to Spider-Man. Like, I'm, But I don't have a, like, a specific memory being yeah. like, Huh, that's neat. Like of remembering Venom, I it has to have just been like in like one of the early Spider. Well, I don't even think he was in the like the N sixty four Spider Man games or anything like that. So that's probably not um, it. I'm pretty sure he was in the PlayStation game, if uh, I remember correctly. That like, that might have been it then, or like one of those like books that you get young children about superheroes where it's just like this is a page about mysterio this is a page about scorpion like you oh know. yeah like one of those little like quote-unquote guidebooks yeah. to superheroes and supervillains yeah like in a scholastic book fair or something like exactly that, right? yeah, that, yeah. that's probably if i'm guessing my first introduction to him is okay. like being like this has all of spider-man's villains and i've never seen any of these people before <laughs> I get that. I why get is that, that guy in, le- in leopard print? And <laughs> <laughs> why does he have a fishbowl on his head? These guys are strange. <laughs> hey, like that's that's Spider-Man in the black suit, but he looks mean. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, that's probably more accurate to what we thought when we were kids. Um, I think my first introduction to Venom was another twofold one around. The, I think it was 95, 96 when that Spider-Man animated series was on Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, I started seeing Venom in that. Uh, Venom's not that old of a character. He came out in issue 300 of Amazing Spider-Man when Todd McFarlane came on to do the art and the story and everything. I'm trying to think of when issue 300 came out. That's uh, If I can pull this up here. That's 1988. Yeah, so, so that's that's you know very late 80s. Um, so he's not that old of a character. And that's five years older than me, so... Right. And only three years older than you. Yeah. So it was interesting to see him in the cartoon. Like, I I thought he was a really neat villain, you know. Um, I didn't, looking back on it, though, I watched the episode where uh, Peter Parker has the black suit. Have you ever seen that, the overacting? No. Oh, my God. So 
the voice actor for Spider-Man in that 90s cartoon yeah. does a really good job. But there's one part where he just dials it in way too hard. And so he's got the black suit on and he's supposed to be, quote unquote, more aggressive, right? Because yeah. he's got the, the Venom symbiote. And he's chasing down Shocker. And he's like, get back here, Shocker! You can't escape me! <laughs> so, so more aggression means holding words longer. I guess. And it's funny because the, the man is a great voice actor. And I don't know if that was his own dictation he was like oh wait let me try something or if like maybe one of the voice directors at the time was like hey could you do this and he kind of looks at the script and he's like eh, it's well so I'm, they're paying me so, yeah. they just wrote like m-e-e-e-e yeah right me <laughs> but like look it up sometime it's like i think on youtube you can find it like spider-man overacting or something like that or i'll show it to you here after we're done recording it's hilarious uh, but there was that and then there was the marvel superheroes game and marvel versus capcom series and the arcades and the big arcade cabinets and i remember seeing venom He's definitely more blue uh, when they do the sprite work, you know. Yeah. Venom kind of goes back and forth. From being uh, blue and black. Be- yeah, between being blue and black, um, doing, you know, the between the comics and the video games and that kind of thing. And I, I've always, I think the blue looks cooler, but the black looks more menacing. Well, so. I, th- I think it's literally just dependent on, like, how much shadow they put on the costume. Because when you put, like, a, like the like a shadow on black, you have to make it lighter, yeah, the shading, shading's difficult. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, like, I'm just looking at the image you've got on your laptop. Like, you can see, like, there's bits of him that look blue to make it, like, not uh, just a static black image. Yeah, absolutely. It would look awful if it was just, like, this big lumpy black. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the black and blue work well with each other. But anyway, so, Cody, let's, before we dive into, like, some of the major plot points and talking about all the, the, the cast and crew and how we felt and everything... What do you feel about Sony just making a random spin-off villain movie? Like do you do you think this was necessary? Do you think that this is a good step in the right direction? Do you think it's a weird one? Cuz Sony has in my opinion a terrible track record of taking these wonderful IPs that they have and just botching it. You know, with Amazing Spider-Man for instance, they yeah. were going to do that that Sinister 6 movie and so they they shoehorned in all that crap in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, which borderline ruined the movie i would say so i mean it made it too busy you know amazing spider-man 2 could have been very simple you know in plot but instead we've got you know i'm the rhino (laughs) you know and and when he walks into that one room and he finds all the 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 sinister six gear that's been being developed and on top of that, like uh, Harry's got the Green Goblin virus or yeah, whatever he, it is. He's all he's all methed out. He's God, <laughs> yeah. And then Electro on top of that, right? It's yeah. just it's a lot of shit. And Sony tends to do that with their movies. They tend to cram too much shit in there. Yeah. Um, especially with their superhero movies. And that's one reason I'm in, excited about Into the Spider Verse because they can actually cram all those things in there and make it make and, sense. And it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I so what do you feel about Sony like? Going off their own path because they were on the right track, I thought, with with Homecoming, like letting Marvel just do their shit and then taking yeah. part of the profit. Well, like I think the biggest problem that this whole thing is that they need Spider Man to make Venom more compelling. If you want, I if you want my opinion on it, like I mean, Venom by himself is just kind of he's not one note, but he's two note at best. That's fair. So. Like, when you have to just be like, all right, what makes Venom Venom without Spider-Man making Venom Venom? <laughs> then you're just like, 
Let's make him funny, question mark. But like, I'm not, I'm not anti making just a villain movie. I mean, I'm, I've been grandstanding for this Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie this entire time. <laughs> like, no, it's gonna be good, guys. I promise. Even though, it's probably not. But we're, I, I like the the visual that they've been showing us so right. far. So, I mean, I've got high hopes. But I think that if they were going to do this, they definitely could have done it with a different villain than Venom and had more success. Like, but I, well, who would you pick? I honestly, I think a a Doc Ock thing would be good if you. But like, I think you could do Doc Ock as an anti-hero without a Spider-Man that still worked. But you'd have to have like Harry Osborn or somebody right. be your main villain. It's it's funny that you say that because um, Doctor Octopus is becoming more and more prominent in the comics. Actually, yeah. he was superior Spider-Man for a while. Uh, in this terrible, terrible story that Dan Slott came up with where Doc Ock was dying of brain cancer, forces Peter Parker into a trap, um, and then makes them switch consciousness. Yeah. Uh, and so Peter Parker dies in Doc Ock's body, and Doc Ock lives on in Peter Parker's body, and eventually Peter Parker's conscious retakes over the body. Um, and then in the Spider-Verse world, uh, there's a there's a world where he doesn't take over, and so he becomes the superior octopus. And so he's got a green and silver costume spider-man costume with yeah. the, the four legs coming off of him so like a, a green iron spider almost essentially yeah and he's he's a very quick and a very efficient and like cold and calculating spider-man yeah. and so because of that he is in a way superior so i think something like that would be really cool taking dr octopus and maybe taking that storyline that superior spider storyline and putting that into film maybe but i think it would take too much build-up also because we'd have to do the whole like oh he at one point was peter parker yeah. and all that stuff you know that's why i think it's a terrible story because it takes too much build-up to get there right exactly and that's part of the problem this movie has if we're being 100 percent honest is there's too much build-up to like get us to the point of wh- why you came to see the movie exactly in the first place. exactly i think the first half of this movie needs to be retooled yeah like, terribly the second half is fine yeah it's, it's a standard comic book adventure right and i think where tom hardy was saying that they cut for his favorite 40 minutes of the movie out oh i forgot to is, look that up did you did no you? i never did oh, okay um but they uh i think they cut out the middle of the movie i honestly do because it feels like there's two parts of the movie here there's that's fair like the opening bit trying to explain like eddie brock as a person and then whatever the dude villain's name is it's something hard to say so something hard to say it's uh it's just carlton drake oh okay so it's not hard to say no you're thinking the actor's name oh i was like riz ahmed (laughs) yes that's it it's like it's it's something like that but anyway um i think that that's the biggest issue is it it goes from second gear to fifth gear without fourth like third and fourth in the middle yeah to kind of get you there but another thing i think it should have been r-rated i mean i think they should have just pulled the trigger on it because yeah like i and this i'm kind of surprised it wasn't i mean this feels very much like the the pg-13 wolverine like of fox right being like all right we're gonna show you like everything but the dude's head coming off when the claws go through him type thing right Well, he was biting heads off. Yeah, though. I know, but you never saw it. You just saw you didn't like see any blurred, bl- blurred. You didn't see any blood squirting yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. You just see like the the venom head like engulf another head, and then all of a sudden, a limp body falls. Yeah, that. it's interesting because I, I don't know if this movie would have done as well as it had done uh, had it been rated R. I think it would have been been less accessible. I yeah, then... definitely. But I mean, at the same time. 
I think after Deadpool and Logan, yeah. like people w- like would see that R rating and be like, I'm still going to go see it. Like, I mean, that's fair. I mean, you know, people are going to bring in their kids no matter what. Yeah. You know, uh, if we're talking about comic book movies, my wife and I went to go see Kick-Ass 2 and, you know, that had... I can't remember like four or five kids that were like eleven and twelve, yeah, and then like that's that's pretty much like a hard R movie. That is so. absolutely, and then and then when my wife and I went to go see Halloween this past week, uh, you know there was an eleven year old and a twelve year old, you know, and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, like, I mean, like I get like I get like sensible parroting and all that shit and letting them, you know, like see some of these things, but like let them be a kid a little bit. Yeah, like, I mean, there, there's a level of parental responsibility. That you have to take into account. Like, there are always going to be irresponsible adults. And, and movie theaters always let it be known when it's a R-rated superhero movie. Yeah. Like, I've seen tons of theaters put little, like, posters and signs that say it's not your typical superhero movie. Yeah. Especially when Deadpool rolls around. Deadpool, yeah, they always say Deadpool's not your typical superhero movie. Like, you know, be careful. And then, what do you, you and I and everyone else and their brother sees, you know, 13 uh, you know, kids yeah. in the movie in the movie as, theater as you see Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds get pegged in yeah. the first one, like. But um, yeah. I mean, like of all the weird things, like I just looking at a poster. If I'm a parent, yeah, and I see Deadpool on a poster, I I'm not gonna initially be like, all right, this looks like it's inappropriate because like he, you know, he. If I'm an un like an unassuming dumb parent, yeah, who doesn't know anything about this character other than like. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, if That's I just fair. see it, it looks like it looks like a different version of a Spider-Man costume to me. If I'm just an unopposing That's, parent, yeah, it's very and fair. then like when I see a picture of Venom, I kind of do the same thing. But Venom looks more like adult than Deadpool in design, because like in design, or at least yeah. this Venom does. But I think I think the problem is is that he looks so unbelievable. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's probably just like a monster movie, like a monster superhero movie, yeah. you know, something like that. So that's that's an interesting take. I think, I think in one aspect the story would have done well if had, we had gone ahead and pulled the trigger on an R rating, but I don't think commercially it would have done as well uh, if he had done an R rating. Yeah, I mean that's definitely fair. I yeah, I just I don't know because Venom, Venom is something that you could make R rated, but then you would lose a lot of what made this movie kind of charming. You'd have to make Venom really serious and gritty and mean and nasty. I don't think you so. don't think so. No, I like I think that you could have kept the Venom that you had right here, and it would have been fine. Like you just you just could have made him more violent. Like I think that's the. But see, if he was more violent like that, though, would he like? Because because you know Venom does take a the the Venom symbiote himself rather not not Venom slash Eddie Brock but Venom himself takes a funny tone throughout this movie and we'll talk about that here in a little bit but I don't know if the the hyper violence would have meshed well with a humorous quasi humorous well no I mean Venom. like I and mean, I can think of an example right now okay like, go for at it cer- at a certain point like they're they like Venom's getting into it with somebody. And then, like, I think he says something to the fact, the effect of like, "Let's rip his heart out," or "Let's rip his arms off," or like yeah. something like that. And then, like, in that instance, you could have been like, you could have had like the uncontrolled like Venom being like, "Well, you could have had Eddie Brock be like, no, don't rip his arms off," and be like, "Nope, I'm ripping his arms off," and he just rips his arms off, and that that's would have fair. been funny. That's, like, I mean, yeah, dark humor. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but budget-wise, this movie had a pretty 
like small budget compared to a lot of these other yeah, I mean, films. Venom so, is the only thing in this movie that's expensive, except it, for the symbiote effects. Yeah, right. And so the, and the spaceship. So the budget was, according to Wikipedia, is estimated about one hundred to one hundred sixteen million, and at box office it made five hundred twelve million. Yeah. So you can consider this a commercial success, considering it made five times its uh, budget. Yeah. But critically, though, it was just panned by critics. Like it's critics are like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. This is like the 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 Proof is in the pudding here that superhero movies are on the decline and stuff like that. And and I would I would agree that studios are doing like they're churning out way too much. Yeah. Or at least they're churning out too much, thinking like, oh, people aren't going to care as long as we say, oh, look, it's a superhero. And you l- like you and I were talking about earlier before we started the podcast about the birds of prey thing. Like then you were just like, I don't even care. Like I don't even believe it's a movie until I see a trailer. I used to so. read Birds of Prey uh, when the the new Fifty Two came out with it, and you know, it's it's not that I don't care about those characters. It's just like there's just so much yeah. at this point, and even like diehard comic fans such as myself. I'm at a point you're just kind of like, all right, you know, uh, people are saying the new Titans TV series is supposed supposedly pretty good. I, I'm, I haven't yet to see it, so we'll see, you know. Yeah, I'm, but that, people that's, are, that's another streaming service that, that I have to purchase. Yeah, right. But, you know, you know, people say, oh, it's great, and I'm sitting here like, okay, you know, and it's, I don't know, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. People are like, oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. picks up really, like, well, like, season three on, and I'm like, sure it does. Or Gotham. Yeah, or Go- yeah, Gotham's in its final season now. Uh, and I was like, oh, they're finishing it. You know, and I'm like, if they're finishing it, I might start watching it again, you know. So, yeah. I, I don't know. It is a lot. But anyway, so let's kind of move into the plot here a little bit. Uh, talk about the cast here. So, so we got Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock, obviously. And I hate our friend Dylan for doing this because Dylan started making fun of the way that Tom Hardy was speaking. Yeah, because like he... He has like a weird like slur. Well, no, I don't think it's a slur. I think that what he's, I honestly think what he's going for is a New York accent that is becoming a West Coast accent. I think that is it. Like, I think that that was what he was trying to go for. Yeah, because like he's got like some weird New Yorkisms kind of thrown in there, but then he but his tone is West Coast. yeah, Yeah, so like. I think that's what he was going for. Also, I apologize for that terrible accent because I know that wasn't no, I mean, anything near what... As close as you can get it. I mean, yeah. it's better than what Dylan was doing. We were recording our other podcast and he was going, Hi, I'm Eddie Block. You're looking for a villain. You know? Yeah, like, well, like... Make him sound like Elmer Fudd. Yeah, <laughs> so he wasn't... I don't think he was that bad. Like, he just had a weird... It was definitely a weird speaking pattern that it he was. was choosing to do. That being said, though, Tom Hardy's acting, I thought, was, was, was pretty good. Um, I think... I think he hit the point because Eddie Brock is this character that starts as unlikable in, you know, a, a lot of the amazing Spider-Man comics and media and that kind of stuff, yeah. even the cartoons and that kind of stuff. And then he eventually becomes like kind of tragic, right? Because like he just wanted to be a good reporter and then he finds out like, oh, I've got this power of the Venom symbiote. Like I could be a good reporter. And then, of course, he fucks that up, right? Because yeah. he's Venom. And then he decides, oh, I'm just going to be a villain instead. I could be a much better villain than I could be a reporter. So I, I think Tom Hardy did really good with the acting in this. I think that a lot of his uh, physical like humor played really well in this. He had really good facial expressions, too. Yeah, I mean, like cause Tom Hardy's a really good actor. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so then we had uh, Michelle Williams as Anne, uh, who is his ex-fiance. And I thought she did pretty well in this movie as well. I don't think they gave her some of the best 
moments or lines. Nah. I don't think that's the actress's fault. Like she she becomes a much more interesting character after In the they, second half. Yeah, yeah. I started to say after Venom gets introduced, everything about this movie gets it's better, better after Venom is introduced. Literally, all the different like actors and their performances get much better after Venom is introduced. Yeah. And like it's, it's very interesting, and and that's why I think like the forty minutes that got cut are just like more Venom stuff, and that's why Tom like Hardy him is getting upset used about to it because yeah. like I'm sure he saw like. I'm well, he lived all the footage. Yeah. So like I'm sure he knew what the be- like what most of the best parts were and I'm sure. sure he saw like an early cut of this and he's like, "Why is there 40 minutes of tropey crap that doesn't mean anything that's in fair. front of the good part of the movie?" That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, this uh, and that's and that's that's another good thing. So when we start this movie out, you know, Eddie Brock is he's working for a news uh station and he's got his own little TV show where he does his own private investigation kind of grudgy reporting kind of deal, you know. I'm out in the field. Yeah, I'm out in the field talking about stories that you don't talk about, you know. And and I think that's really cool. I think it's great that, like, because, again – Comic version and like the the one of the other versions I'm most familiar with the '90s cartoon version Eddie Brock, he's a loser. Yeah. Like he comes up on the story always way too late, right behind Peter Parker, especially in the '90s cartoon. Bless his heart. So like Peter Parker will come in, he's like he's like Jameson, I got the story for you, and, you know. And he's like Parker, good job, you know. And then Brock comes in, and he's like, Hey, Mister Jameson, I got this. Sto- <laughs> oh, and then he's like, Brock, get out of here. Parker's already got the pictures, you know, or whatever. Dang. And he's like, Damn it, Parker. <laughs> and he's like, I will be a good reporter one day, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, and it, 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 it fits well. It fits well. I think it's cool that you know Eddie Brock is uh, is successful and everything. But then. Eddie Brock is eventually put on assignment. He is supposed to report on Carlton Drake, who is actually no, he he wasn't put on the assignment. Like he he stole the information from. No, no, no. He had an interview. Remember, he was he was supposed to just have a nice interview. Oh, but he stole that information from his yeah. lady friend. So okay, so to spice up. Okay. Backpedal- I missed I missed that plot yeah, point. Yeah, no, no. So backpedaling just a little bit here. Um, so Michelle Williams's character Anne, uh, who is Eddie Brock's fiance, they're living together. She's a lawyer, and she's doing a lot of cases like humanitarian cases. Yeah. And like and she gets a uh, case that is confidential from the life foundation right and so the life foundation are these folks that have been trying to go out into space and find other planets and they eventually find a meteor that has like millions of these symbiote monsters in it you know and when the shuttle comes back upon re-entry it crashes in malaysia uh the majority of the crew dies and apparently on that crew was jane jonah jameson's son uh, James John, uh, James, James, oh shit. <laughs> J- James, James Jonason. James Jonason. No, shoot. What was his name? <laughs> I, I think it's just John Jameson. John Jameson, I think. Yes, John Jameson. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so John Jameson, apparently, J. Jonah Jameson's son, who uh, canonically in a lot of the other media, he is an astronaut, right? And a war hero yeah. and that kind of stuff. He dies, which I completely flew over me. I didn't oh, even yeah. know I, they he never, was. They never said his name. I didn't even know we, he was on the crew. We literally found that out when we looked up the plot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. But anyway, so the, the 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 crew dies and a symbiote breaks out and it uh it takes over the host uh, it hosts inside a uh, a Malaysian uh, EMT and then starts walking its way. And so that's when we cut to Eddie Brock doing his thing. Anyway, Eddie Brock is uh he's given an assignment by his boss. And this is where I told you um this movie wouldn't fit in with the MCU because um the, you've got Ron Cephas Jones who is appearing as Eddie Brock's boss at the news station, yeah. right? Uh Ron Jones is a major character in the Luke Cage TV series. He is the guy Rest that yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, God help us. Um, but he's the one that is helping running Pops' barber shop, and he's doing all the the money 
like uh, logistics and things like that. He's the one playing chess with Luke at the barbershop. What are you laughing at? See, that, that's it, though. That's why they canceled Luke Cage, so they can include Venom and people won't have oh, the, the, that character won't exist anymore. Well, to be fair, that character does move halfway through season two. See, he moved to San Francisco he and he became... He did not move to San Francisco and became a news <laughs> like conglomerate. <laughs> No, sorry. <laughs> but anyway, so Eddie Brock is getting this new assignment from that character, right? Yeah. And the, the his boss tells him, hey, you're going to do a story on Carlton Drake. And he goes, now listen, Carlton like has the majority funding for our, our news station and everything. He goes, you need to pull your punches. He goes, I know you like to get in the nitty gritty and find dirt on people and like grill them on stuff. He goes, this one time you have to like suck it up. Play it by the book. Play it by the book and eat crow. And he's all like, I don't want to do that. And he's like, well, you're going to do it or you're going to get fired. And so that was the plot point apparently you missed. So he, w- he was given that assignment, right? So he's back at his house. He's with Eddie Brock. He's back at his house with his fiance and everything. And he's uh, up late at night. And an email pops up with confidential files about the Life Foundation, right? Yeah. And uh, he's not supposed to read it. It's very confidential. It's only for his fiance. She's taking the case. And so he starts reading it. And then we cut to Carlton Drake at the uh, Life Foundation and he's basically and the actor's really good the Riz Ahmed I liked him in, more in the first half than I did the second half because the second half he just becomes a stereotypical comic villain yeah. but the first half he's like this mix of east coast like kingpin style conglomerate villain with this west coast like you I'm know, a wear turtlenecks for no reason with sport coats and and like I'm going to you know he, he he's almost like um uh the villain from Iron Man one whose name is escaping me right now running on a Segway you know yeah like, he um, goes Obadiah Thon Thane Thane yeah Thon, Obadiah um, yeah, yeah. Oh, no Stain Stain oh Stain because I kept it. wanting like, to say Stone that one episode there we yeah go. but yeah so he he's kind of like he's got this like menacing Obadiah vibe to him you know uh but he's he's also got that like Silicon Valley Kickstarter feel <laughs> yeah, to him, gosh. you know. So anyway, he gets mad that the, the rocket has crashed and they managed to recover three symbiotes. And so he's like trying to make them assimilate into uh, animals. And eventually they get the yellow one. Out of, they have a yellow, a blue, and a black one. And the black one yeah. obviously being Venom. But, and the, uh, oh, I was like, there's four of them. But the, oh, we, 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 we completely yeah, we skipped that. No, we covered that. It, I told, I said, oh, yeah, the wind of the lady. Yeah, I'm yeah. all over the place. It's okay. But anyway, so he finds you know he he gets the three symbiotes he's trying to get them to integrate it into all these live hosts and uh one of the scientists who is um uh Mona Lisa and Parks and Rec I forget the actress's name off the top of my head Jenny Slate sorry so Jenny Slate is there she's like you know oh we got it you know integrate into a rabbit and he's like cool let's go ahead and move on to human trials <laughs> and she's like uh no and he goes how are your kids doing? <laughs> and and so like he's got this like menacing, you know, yeah. corporate feel to him. It's like you're going to do what I want. Yeah, so they go ahead and they start picking off homeless people off the street and they're they're trying to integrate the symbiotes because he's trying to make us like a better like race of humans that can explore space, yeah. you know, and he's he's thinking that by letting the symbiotes ho- like host inside of us, we can we can become, you know, even better humans like he's he's this guy like oh the world's overpopulated it's overheated you know we, we got to go into space now you yeah. know to, to be able to survive so we cut back to eddie brock and eddie brock eventually starts doing his interview with carlton drake and of course he does what he does best and he's starting to push buttons and everything and he's like he's like how did how's it feel you know uh, uh running your empire on the backs of people you know through pharmaceutical companies and dead astronauts and da 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 and of course carlton drake's like you're done you're done mr brock you know and he's like oh i don't think so we cut to the meeting between Eddie Brock and his boss, and he's like, yeah, you're fired. <laughs> and 
And so this, of course, backfires on his fiance. You know, those confidential files that you know, no one was supposed to read. She gets fired as well. They break up. You know, she hands back the the engagement ring, and then Eddie Brock's life goes to shit. Yeah, <laughs> and then he becomes Eddie Brock the loser. Then he does become Eddie Brock the loser. So six months later, he's like eating like shitty bodega food, and he's living in a terrible apartment. You know, a definite downgrade from the nice house yeah, he was in like, earlier in the movie. Like he's in the level part of San Francisco. Yeah, right. <laughs> the part of San Francisco that nobody wants to live in. Right, and so he's living in there, and. He's got, like, a shitty neighbor that's playing music too loud, you know, and he's eating, like, a shit ton of, like, tater tots and sandwiches and shit like that, you know. just eating tater tots and chocolate. Yeah, right. Eventually, uh, we we cut back to the Life Foundation, and we've got um, Jenny Slate again, uh, who's playing that one scientist, you know, who's kind of not important, really, in the long aspect of things. But she eventually doesn't like the way that the company's going because they're again they're pulling homeless people off the streets. Yeah, well, they're putting these symbiotes in like, them, and they're dying. I, it, it was enough to to see Isaac. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> get, true. get destroyed by the. Oh, yellow. that's right. Poor Isaac. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the only reason he's sticking he with me is because it's like one of the, like the long like Isaac is a biblical name. Yeah. Like and he goes on like this tirade. Yeah. So the, the villain the Carl- sacrifice. Yeah. The of villain Isaac. the villain Carlton Drake is like Isaac's a wonderful name. He's like it's a biblical name, and he goes, you know, I prefer isaac in that story and like the whole time you're like dude would you just push the fucking button it's and like, like we know is, you're gonna kill him like we we know isaac is gonna die like there's no point in doing all this so that's and that's one other one of those tropes right like a weird biblical or like big long big, monologue big long monologue and then like you know someone dies right but anyway so uh, jenny slate comes in and she is um i think it's jenny slate. yeah so sorry so jenny slate comes her character comes in and she's like tired of the way it is so she contacts eddie brock eddie brock is all like i don't want to do any more reporting i'm eddie brock <laughs> you know i'm a i'm a hang out and be a loser yeah i'm trying to find a job you know and like no one's giving him a job because he's like a washed up hack now you know but anyway so she eventually is like you've gotta you've gotta do this story you've gotta take him down you know so she Sneaks him into the Life Foundation. Um, and this subplot, this tiny subplot of this homeless person that Eddie Brock knows. Who's selling newspapers. Um, who's selling his, yeah, s- who, selling free stolen newspapers. Yeah, right. Um, that he's friends with. He, she's gone at one point. Like, she's gone from her usual spot. So he goes down to the, 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 the she sneaks him into the Life Foundation. You know, he goes down to the laboratory and he sees his homeless friend. Uh, in one of those cells and she's like freaking out you know and like she's like all of a sudden just jumps through and like tries to like kill him and choke him you know and like he knocks her out and that's when the symbiote goes from her body to his. into his body. And, like, he's the magical MacGuffin supermatch. And so then all of a sudden, yeah, and that's, where, oh, yeah, that's the <laughs> other thing. So the symbiotes apparently can only, like, survive if they have, like, 100%, like, like perfect match. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they kill the host. And so, of course, Eddie Brock, using that very thinly veiled <laughs> plot line, uh, Eddie Brock is the super match for Venom. So like he's he starts taking out guards. He just starts knocking through walls and climbing up trees <laughs> and like taking out like you said taking out guards and everything. And then uh, eventually Carlton Drake is like you know find my symbiote. I'm a mad tech guy, yeah. you know. And he's like and I'm gonna fire all of you. Or I'm going. <laughs> I've got to get a menacing bald man and a group of thugs. Oh God, yeah, God that trope. God, <laughs> find my symbiote or you're all fired. I don't want to see your face until you have Eddie Brock in your hands. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> 
So they, um, so Eddie Brock back at his apartment, he's like having this weird, like freak out episode. Like his eyes are changing and, um, he's real hungry. He's real hungry. <laughs> so he's eating like a shit ton of like tater tots. And and he's garbage. And he's eating like bad old chicken from his garbage can. <laughs> and then we get like a minute of him vomiting. Oh yeah, that's right. He starts vomiting and brushing his teeth and like all that crazy <laughs> shit. And so then, um, eventually like Carlton Drake's henchmen, like find him, of course, and they like kick down the door and they're all Don't like, open that door. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so he hears that voice in his head. He's been hearing voice in his head this entire time. So after this freak out episode that Eddie Brock has and he's eating like old chicken out of his garbage and, you know, eating a bunch of I think he burns the tater tots in that scene. I don't remember. He eats a shit ton of tater tots for some reason. And it makes me wonder like how much um, is uh, uh, and he starts eating frozen tater tots. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's frozen tater tots. He's just like scarfing it down, just eating a shit ton of stuff. He's hearing voices in his head. He sees his eyes changing in the mirror and that kind of thing. So he goes to his ex-fiance for help. She's dating a doctor now. They get to. He gets into this fancy restaurant. He's all like sweaty and like grimy yeah, and like, stuff. And he looks like he's in the middle of a drug episode. Exactly. And he gets in there and starts eating. He's lobsters like, yeah. All. He's like, he's like, you need. Yeah, he's like, I need your help. And they're like, what are you doing here? And he's just starts grabbing people's lobsters <laughs> and like eating. Like them. one of my favorite parts is like he gets like some chicken or a steak or something off of a plate, and the vo- the venom voice is like, this is dead. Oh yeah, he's like, this is dead, you know. Yeah, and he's eating it, and then he jumps in that lobster tank like he's in a jacuzzi, and he's just like. <laughs> Ah, ripping lobsters and eating them and everything. So they uh, they eventually give him an MRI, and this is when we discover, you know, oh, the symbiote's weak to sound, right? Yeah. Because the MRI causes him to, like, freak out and have an episode. So after this, uh, Drake Carlton decides to send some mercenaries to go retrieve his symbiote, right? Dead or alive with Eddie Brock or not. And this is when we start seeing actual, like, powers being used, yeah. right? Not vague Oh, he's got super jumping abilities. He's got super knocking through wall abilities. His arms turn into venom. <laughs> yeah, so his arms are turning into these long tendrils. He's knocking out all these mercenaries, right? Um, oh, and then prior, like right before this, his neighbor is like playing that loud music. Oh, yeah. And, and that, hates it. And he just changes his face. He's like, and he's like, yeah, I can turn it down. I can turn the music down. Yeah, no problem. But we see a cool like fight scene where he's just like knocking people out left and right, and so then he um, he tries to escape, you know, and then they start sending car after car after car after so many black vans. Yeah, like these mercenaries have so many black vans that they're sending after him, and it's this night chase scene, and on a motorcycle, and they pass by the same couple of buildings a couple different times. Like I remember, uh, I think it was a theater. Uh, I remember pointing to you and going, they already passed that, you know, and you were like reshoots. Yeah. And so we go through this chase scene and there's that one scene that's really neat though, where he's like, he rides the motorcycle like off a hill and then it comes like it it separates from him and he uses his tendrils to jump back on it. You know, we, we get some scenes where he's like biting heads off of people. And I think they eventually, do they eventually trank him or does he escape? I can't remember off the top of my head here. Uh, I think he escapes the first that's right. The he, first chase. He jumps in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he swims along the, the, I think it's, I don't think it's the Golden Gate Bridge. I think it's the Bay Bridge. Hops out. And so that's when we start seeing Venom like pull out of his body and we see a little tiny mouth, yeah. you know, talking to him. And he's like, uh, you need me. And he's like, why? And he goes, I've, I've been in your head. You're, You're a loser. loser. <laughs> <laughs> so like, and so like that's this is when we start the movie starts getting good. Yeah. Because we've exited all these tropes of like vague superhero powers, uh, you know, overly serious monologues and coming to origin story kind of bullcrap. And we start seeing a little bit of humor in Venom. 
And I think it's like you said, I think, I think the humor definitely did save Venom because if we had had an overly serious, hyper violent, like dark death and destruction, you know, Venom, it would have been really boring. But I do think this, I think you're correct. I think this is where they cut out those 40 minutes because I think it would have stood better if we had had some more time with Eddie learning how to bond and cope with Venom. Because from here on, it gets really, really rushed. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Brock has this footage of all the all the homeless people being experimented on in the Life Foundation. He's got it on his cell phone. So he tries to take it back to his old boss. So he goes back to the huge conglomerate, you know, the, the news conglomerate where his old boss is at, and he climbs up uh, the, the side of the building is Venom. I think the I think the sound from a plane overpassing yeah. causes the Venom to be like, ah! and so he's like falling down as Eddie Brock, you know, and he's like, ah! and then all of a sudden, like Venom comes out of nowhere and like latches into the wall. And he's like, I got us, yeah. you know, he breaks into his boss's old office and lays down a cell phone. He's like, do the right thing. Jackass writes that note yeah. on it, you know, and this is where we get a questionable use of words. Right. But he like, he's like, do you want to jump down? And then, like, you see him, like, click the elevator down button. He's like, you know, <laughs> which we'll probably edit that out. But he says the P word, you know, and he's just like, he's, you know, he's like, oh, you, you wuss, you know. So he takes the elevator down. And this is when we're seeing, like, a bunch of soldiers again trying to take Venom out, you know. And I liked this scene because, you know, he's just, like, hopping around, just, like, putting people in the ground, like, lashing out at people. They go to thermal, and you get to see a thermal image of Venom, like, yeah. grabbing people and stuff. So it was nice. It was a little, again, this was a little tropey, right? It's like the the vague, foggy fight scene where it's like, oh, where's he at? You know, and he's just taking out people. But, like, it, it was filmed okay. You know, yeah. it was it was a trope, but it was filmed better than most of those, like, foggy, scary scenes. But then after he takes out all the dudes, like, his lady shows back up. Or... Yeah, right? So she's there, and, like, she manages to locate him, and she's like, you're going to a hospital, you know? <laughs> he's like, I just took out like 40 dudes yeah she's like you're going to a hospital and venom's all like i like her you know and no we like her he's like we like her you know and um this is when eddie like reveals he's got like uh, uh, a parasite yeah he's like i'll go parasite you know (laughs) can i wear this yeah right it's It's just weird weird scene in the back of a car I don't know. And so they go and they're like, let's give you another MRI. And he's like, no, no MRIs. And then, you know, his fiance, ex-fiance's doctor boyfriend, you know, is all like, this is something I've never seen before. We're going to have to like sit you down. It's killing him from the inside. And so eventually like, Eddie realizes that Venom is killing him. And, he's, he's and Eddie's like, we can fix it. You know? Yeah, he's having an internal conversation with Venom. Yeah, he's like, you've been killing me. And he's like, we were going to tell you, you know, all that shit. <laughs> oh, we can we... fix this. <laughs> it's just, it's weird. It's it's, it's weirdly done. It's, yeah. it's very sudden also, because it's like all within the span of two minutes, it's like <gasps> plot twists, you know, which it's not really. It's just like, oh, hey, he's killing you from the inside, by the way. So Eddie forces the MRA to go ahead and run and he separates from Venom and then he like gets behind a closed glass door you know and venom you know separates from him and it's at this point that carlton drake's mercenaries find him and they like trank him and they take him to yeah. the life foundation and then venom hops inside a little papillon a little dog yeah you know and i thought for a moment i thought he was gonna kill the dog and i was like no don't kill the dog and venom sees them you know dragging him off and so we get the the like suggestion because then the dog looks at uh, Eddie Brock's ex fiance, right? Yeah. I like how we just we know her name's Anne and we just don't refer to her as Anne. We just keep. <laughs> well, I mean, I yeah, because he doesn't say her name that often. <laughs> no, actually. I don't. I think he only says it a couple of times. Yeah. So and she's not that. I mean, 
I mean, she's quasi prominent in the comic books. We do see her like, and then yeah, she is she venom. She's the first, yeah. first character to go she venom, but we only see her as she venom for like a second, two minutes maybe tops for, for a, re- a weird like symbiote transfer. Case. Right. So anyway, Eddie Brock is taken back to the Life Foundation, and they're all like, you know, where's the symbiote, Eddie? And he's like, oh, I don't know. We separated, you know, and <laughs> and. This is when we realize Carlton Drake has a symbiote of his own in his in his body. He's got the symbiote known as Riot, um, who in the comic books was made from like parts of Venom. Uh, they made like a weird like task force of like yeah, Venom symbiotes. In this one, he's just like he's just a, a war a, a war leader yeah. of symbiotes, whatever. Right. So he's all like, "We're gonna crush him, you know, and we're gonna we're gonna take over your planet and shit, you know." And then of course, you know, Carlton Drake's all for this because he's like thinking humans are messed up and dead yeah. anyway so eddie brock eventually breaks out he gets out of the life foundation and he goes out in the woods and uh, oh no sorry no they they are going to execute him in the woods that's how it happens see like it's it's weird tropey moments like this that yeah. are easily forgettable right so anyway they go and they're going to take him out in the woods they're going to shoot him you know and they're having the long like... and then he's like and then yeah it's another long yeah just monologue. just a long conversation and then you see eddie brock like dialogue. looking in the background he's like oh but calm is a bitch you know yes. and then people are getting taken out by tendrils again you know and that's when we see she venom which is you know and uh with the venom symbiote and she's all like hey what's going on they do a kiss and transfer venom from her to him yeah which is a weird little thing you know and then eventually Venom's like, I need you, Eddie Brock, because I, from where I'm from, I'm, I'm also, also a loser. loser. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it was kind of funny, but it was also just a little not needed. I don't know. It was weird. So now we got to go stop this Riot. So now we got to go stop Riot from taking a spaceship and bringing more Venom symbiotes to this planet because you're all going to die. Uh, and again, really rushed plot, right? Yeah. It's it's. Every time that the the movie goes in a place that doesn't concern the main plot, like a little funny moment with Venom or a little moment it's of character enjoyable. development, it's enjoyable. But then we go back to that basic ass early two thousands superhero plot where he's like, he's gonna bring more. We gotta fight him, you know. Yeah, and, all that and, stuff. and then like we go back to the uh, the control room area where Drake is about to get on the the rocket, and then there's this there's oh there's been this one scientist this entire time who's either really bad at this job or trying to sabotage him. I'm not sure like I get yeah really what vague, was right? happening but yeah. like he screws another thing up and then like he turns into just like riot blades and cuts like everybody down yeah basically in the control room so yeah right kills off everyone in the control room and the the ship is gonna launch anyway and he's just gonna go ahead and go on in there and that's when venom's all like we have to stop him so they have this huge fight on the like the the launch pad area of this rocket for the first like couple of minutes it's actually really neat because we have some neat cgi fights you know what's what was really cool is when venom and riot like merged together at yeah. one point and then you see eddie and carlton punching Ed- each and other carlton inside like, of like a symbiote soup yeah so like the symbiotes are like on the outskirts of this big weird mess and then they're like punching each other you know on the inside it's really neat but then eventually they both separate from their symbiotes and then it's just Eddie Brock and Carlton punching each other for a little while on a pad and you're like how did we go from this really exciting CGI (laughs) fueled monster fight to like two dudes just like whacking each other and it's really bad choreography it's like ugh, whatever you know but eventually Carlton gets Riot back first. Stabs he like Eddie. stabs Eddie, you know, and you're like, oh fuck, you know, it's like Eddie gonna die. And then Venom comes in and takes over, and they they again are doing more fighting and everything. 
And so then the lo- the rocket launches. Uh, Riot has made its way inside, you know, and they're like, "Oh, beans!" You know, he's gonna go up there and do the thing. But yeah. this is a comic book movie, so probably not. Venom manages to make a tear in one of the fuel tanks, and the rocket blows up from the inside out, and, and they the, burn to death. And there's a Chekhov's gun early in the movie. He's like, "Sound and fire, fire bad." Oh, that's right. Like, yeah, yeah. He like, says, "He says what, what 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 what's bad against the symbiote?" And he's like, "Sound." And then like you're like, oh, "Okay." And then he adds in like. And fire and fire yeah fire kills us too yeah and you're like okay <laughs> and then like the thing explodes and i was like oh hey look some fire right so you know yay happy story ending you know venom venom saves the day kind of quasi uh it seems like venom died and yeah. eddie is just eddie again for a while so we jump to like another six months or something like that, and um, Eddie and Eddie Brock and Anne are sitting on the porch of her house, you know, and they're talking and everything, and you think that Venom's gone, and then all of a sudden you just hear like Venom's voice in his head is like, "She has to know that we're gonna get her back," you know, right. in the, the fucking creepiest way possible, yeah. you know. <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, Venom's still alive," and then we get the laziest Stanley cameo. <laughs> that I have seen so far where he's walking up the street and Stanley's walking a dog and he's all like, don't worry, young man, you'll get her one day, you know? And then you hear Venom go, who's that? And looks at the dog and he's like, that thing looks good, you know? (laughs) And so then we get the last scene and I feel like this scene wasn't meant to be the last part of the movie. It gives off a weird vibe that it like, I feel like this was meant to be like when it was originally written and filmed, I felt like it was supposed to be the middle of the movie and then they reshot it a little bit, but he goes back to his usual bodega with little Mrs. Chang Mm -hmm. and uh, he's buying like some food or whatever. And he's like, what are you in the mood for? And he's like, tater tots and chocolate, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And meanwhile, he's going over the ground rules. He's like, okay, if we're going to live with together, you got to like understand that there are good people and bad people. And he's like, how do you know? And he's like, you, you, you just know. And he's like, you can eat sometimes maybe the bad people. And he's like, fine, you know, or whatever. He's in that bodega and they're, 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 you know, getting food. And the guy that had robbed Mrs. Chang earlier in the movie, which we didn't even mention because it was so inconsequential. It really was comes up and he's like, where's my protection money, Mrs. Chang. And she's like, I can't keep doing this. And then, uh, Venom goes bad guy. And he's like, yeah, bad guy. And so, you know, they form Venom, you know, and he's all like, this is when he does that weird, like, we're going to rip your arms off and then your legs and then your face and you'll be like a turd. An armless, legless, faceless turd. Yeah, that's right. Rolling down the, no, rolling down the street like a turd. Like a turd in the wind. Yeah, just a weird shit. Basically the whole, like, first half of the first trailer. Yeah, right. And so he's all like, who are you? And then half the face reveals, we, we are Venom. And then he's it's like, let him go. And he goes, actually, you know what? Never mind. And then just eats his head. Yeah. And of course, Mrs. Chang behind the counter is like, Eddie, what's wrong? And he's like, oh, like, I got a, a parasite. parasite. <laughs> you know, it's just a parasite, Mrs. Chang. And he walks out like, of Venom. And she, Venom's like, a parasite. And he's like, you know, it's a turn of endearment. He's like, apologize. And she like, like, the crazy thing about it is like, she doesn't freak out She doesn't out freak the fuck all. out at all. Yeah, it's like <laughs> so weird. If a normal person saw that, they would be like, holy shit, get the hell out. You know, yeah. but she's just like, oh, okay, thanks for saving my store. Yeah, you know, I've, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And so they walk and then he's like, what are we going to do next? And Venom's like, the way I see it, we can do whatever we, we want. want. And then that was the end of the movie. That was it. And so. Then you get a. Your favorite post-credit scene. And we'll talk about it here in a second, but the overall tone of this film is just so weird. It's it it is it's almost a one for one. For every good point we have in this movie, we have a tropey, weird, bad point that yeah. I just do not enjoy. Which makes the movie almost completely fifty fifty. Like it, it really is. It's it's 
I, I guess Tom Hardy knew what was going to make the movie good when he was on set filming it. Right. And yeah. then, like he said, they cut out his favorite part and he probably knew that that was the part that was going to make it. The scenes where we see more of that, because when the, when, when the movie focuses on Eddie Brock and Venom interacting with, with each other in a humorous or even non-humorous ways, it really shines well. Like yeah. you get this, you get this uh, monstrous quasi funny relationship. And it's really, really cool. But when you do all this, like, just tropey, and I know we've used that word a million times, but it really is. Like, you can go back to, like, Hulk and Daredevil and even shitty, like, Catwoman and, I don't know, Spider-Man 3. You know, all those earlier. And just find, like, all of the All those tropes. They're there. They're there. And and, uh, maybe in a different order in this movie, but they're there. It's like. Hollywood had one outline for a superhero movie, and then you you just literally just got to check all the boxes. They, like, they opened right. up the Venom jar and they like dumped it on the script, and they were like, "Yeah, it looks good." So I don't know. I, I I don't hate this movie, but I also don't thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, it's it was I, I could maybe like I think you put it best when we were in the theater. You would say like, "Oh, if it was on the television, I could sit down and watch exactly. it." Exactly. But I'm not gonna go buy the Blu-ray of it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe just so I can show it to Aaron. I mean, or if they like give that, us like but, an extended version with the footage that's missing you know like they did with logan uh, not logan uh the second wolverine yeah movie the wolverine yeah when he was in japan yeah and like the long cut was way that was, better than the original was. movie and that and that was funny you mentioned that because i watched that first and i didn't realize it was the extended edition yeah and you were like why are people bagging on this, this i was like great. i was like why are people bagging on this movie it's actually really good i like it it's it's i mean well not really good but i mean it's like it's pretty good yeah and you were like is it the extended edition? And I was like, I don't know. And you were like, what's the runtime? And I was like, oh, it's about two hours. And you were like, yeah, that's the extended edition. And I was like, oh. Because <laughs> like, like that 20 minutes made a difference, yeah. right? And I feel like that an extra 20 minutes could have made a difference in this movie. I, I feel like 20 minutes of Eddie Brock getting used to Venom prior to them shaking him down and chasing him and everything would have made a better movie. But I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just weird. But let's go ahead and let's get to that that credit scene, which so, I really enjoyed and you really hated. I I hate. Oh God. Okay. So Eddie Brock is back on the scene. He's back on the reporting scene. He has a job again, and they send him to an asylum. Same and he's Quentin. like he's like he's like I'm gonna talk to this murderer. And so he goes and he talks to to this murderer. And um, the guard is all like, you know, I would have just put a bullet in his head, you know, or something like that. Yeah. He's like, well, we got to get his part of the story, you know. And so. <laughs> Uh, we see Cletus, uh, what's his last Cassidy. name? Cassidy. Cassidy. We see Cletus Cassidy. Well, like, well, you see first just like an image of a dude like writing Oh, that's in right. Blood. Yeah, he's writing blood in his little cell or whatever. And then like it zooms out and it's, you see like it's a humongous dude. red hair yeah, on a you human just see, being. And you can't really tell who it is. Yeah. And so when I saw just the huge like head of red hair on someone, I was like, okay, that looks like Cletus, you know, yeah. like that looks like the guy who plays Carnage. And then we zoom in. Well, like th- then he's like, he's slowly turning and I'm like, that's Woody Harrelson in a wig. Exactly. Like, I immediately I said like, that. I was like, what the fuck is Woody Harrelson doing here? <laughs> Not that I, cause I love, I love Woody Harrelson, but I was like, what the hell is he doing here? And then that red wig. It's so bad. It looks like Woody Harrelson was like, oh, I'm showing up to a Halloween party dressed up as the guy that's Carnage before he gets yeah. Carnage. You know, it's so bad. And then 
Like he starts speaking and they, oh yeah, they He's made like really Woody Harrelson, thick. who's already got a Southern accent, even more yeah. country. He's just like he's like I'm just waiting for the opportune time, Eddie. And he's okay, like we gonna get out of here, and when and we what, do, <laughs> no, and I and I'm gonna get out. No, no, it's when I get out of here, and I will get out. Oh, of that's here. right, yeah. When I get out of here, and when I and I will get out of here, there will be carnage. <laughs> cuts off and i'm like are, are you are you fucking kidding me like that was the tropiest of all the tropes just like an ominous and there will be and there carnage. will be carnage and you know the fact that this movie made five times its its budget there probably will be a venom too <laughs> there probably will be carnage. there probably will be a carnage and i don't know part of me kind of wants that and part of me doesn't the way this movie was you know i don't know like and i was saying the best uh the best way they can handle that whole wig shenanigans is like for when he gets when he breaks out just to pull the wig off like just to be like i don't need this anymore (laughs) i mean that or like maybe shave his head down a little bit just like make something to make it like not look so goofy like because it looks like a halloween express wig it it doesn't even look like a good wig it doesn't look like it looks like woody harrelson in a wig it doesn't look like a separate character it looks like woody harrelson walked on stage and they're like oh could you could we get you to make up and dress and he's like oh no i got it and just throws on a wig I just uh, this this will work. This will work right here. I don't know. All right. So overall, Cody, would you recommend if someone is not a superhero fan to see Venom? No. No. <laughs> if you if you have no investment in Venom as a character, just save your money. <laughs> That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Do you think this movie would have done better with Spider Man? Uh, this movie would have been completely different with Spider Man, and I That's think. Fair. Uh, like even if they had done it with a do like if they had done like the worst possible thing which is like make another spider-man like if you had like disney sony spider-man and then just sony sony spider-man just for this movie and like don't even make him a plot like relevant to the plot at all just have like Maybe 20 minutes worth of Venom fighting Spider-Man. Don't even call him Spider-Man. Just have him be, like, like a dude in a Spider-Man costume. And then, like, have Venom, like, be like, I like this. And, like, give him the symbol, like, yeah. on the front. Like, you know, I that that actually would be even better. Like, I, I hate doing this, but I want to try to make a better movie in my brain real quick. I mean, like, no, I mean, go for it. Go like, for it. imagine, like... Eddie Brock, for some odd reason, has to go. I'm, I'm actually. Let me shoehorn. The, if I'm shoehorning this into the MCU for no reason, okay. just because, like, I like making things fun. Eddie loses his job, and like, he gets a like a gig for a local newspaper covering like a comic convention or something. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And like, he goes, and like, you see a bunch of cosplayers of all the Avengers, and then you see a Spider-Man cosplayer, and he's got Venom in his head by this point. And like, for some odd reason, Venom like attacks the Spider-Man right. cosplayer. And like that, this maybe this is before you see him become like full Venom or whatever, right? And then that gives you the basis for the Venom costume. That would be actually pretty cool. He like uh, he like picks up one of them, the cosplayers, you know, and then like puts them down, and they go, "Oh, cool effects, dude!" Or how'd you do that? Yeah, or something like, like that. And then he's like, "We we like this symbol, you know, yeah. or something like that." You know, that would be actually be pretty neat. I just I don't know, man. Part of me wants to see this movie do well because I feel like with another shot, they could do a much better Venom story. Yeah. But the other part of me is also just kind of checked out and done. Like, I would rather spend my efforts and energy, like, 
watching other stories, right, or watching other characters and IPs rather than investing time and emotions into Venom. Yeah, and I don't blame you at all on that one. It's just, I don't, ah, there was a lot of potential for this. And I think that Sony did, again, what Sony does best and go <laughs> like goes, oh, we had one successful thing? Okay, let's go ahead and start splitting up into six things here, yeah, you know. exactly. I mean, Sony again was talking about doing a, a Silver Sable Black Cat movie, and then that turned into, no, no, sorry, it's a Silver Sable Black Cat TV series or whatever, right? Yeah. And I'm like, those are good characters. Those are not good enough characters to carry on their own story. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're literally supporting characters. Right. And Venom is just barely enough yeah. of a character to support his own story. And the best Venom story that I ever read in the comics was, it wasn't even Eddie Brock. It was, um, do you know the guy who bullies Peter Parker Flash? Yeah. So Flash is a, an Iraqi war veteran, and he has both of his legs lost in combat, right? And he's washed up, and he hates himself and that kind of thing. And S.H.I.E.L.D. has Venom. Oh, is this the Agent Venom? Thing? Agent Venom, yeah. yeah. And so S.H.I.E.L.D. has Venom, and they're like, hey, man do you want to work for us? And he's like, I don't know. And they're like, we'll, we'll give you the symbiote. And he's like, uh, and then they let him like attach it to him, you know? And he gets addicted to the fact that he has legs and then he has power and everything. And he becomes agent venom, yeah. right? A story like that would have been perfect. You could have done Tom Holland, like a flashback scene, right? Some kid picking on Tom Holland, you know, and he's like, cut it out flash, you know, or something like yeah. that. Right. Flash goes to war, loses his well, legs. I, we, we have a flash in, like it isn't the like well this care this movie obviously yeah. doesn't care about the MCU I guess you know that's a good point. you yeah, know man. so <laughs> or they could have done an older actor that looks like that Flash right they could yeah. have flashed you know fl- flashed forward oh god pardon the pun I didn't even mean to make that they could have gone you know forward in time right and picked an actor that looked like an older version of that guy that was Flash from Homecoming right yeah legs are gone. And then S.H.I.E.L.D. walks in and is like, hey, we need someone to pull off a a mission, you know, and they've got this like symbiote thing. And he's like, whatever, to get my legs back, sure. I feel like that would have made a better story, maybe, and maybe a better movie. But we don't know, right? I mean, (laughs) again, Tom Hardy wasn't awful. He wasn't a bad actor. He, it just is a weird, it's a lot of weird. I think a lot of this was left on the floor. Yeah. I think a lot of this was left on the floor. A lot of things were cut and reshot because it feels almost like two different movies. It feels like your stereotypical early 2000s film in the first half. And then it feels like, like what you said, a, a modern take on what Venom would slash could be like yeah. in the second half of the film. At the end of the day, I just, I can't say this is a good movie, but I also can't say it's a terrible movie because we have seen far worse superhero movies. Exactly. You know? And like, I, I could definitely see in another like four or five years when we get to the third Spider-Man movie of the MCU, it like Sony being like, Hey, we want you to use Venom in this one. And, and Disney being like, but we can't really do it. And they're like, yeah, you can like, or we'll break our deal with Spider-Man. Like them trying to play hardball or something to get Venom (laughs) shoved in. Work your comic book magic nerds. Yeah. And then like, they just, like I was saying, uh, when we got done with the movie, like they just have like Eddie Brock have to move back to New York for some reason. And then like, he's instantly in the NCU and nothing from this movie mattered. I mean, yeah, that's fair. I mean, the the only thing is, yeah, again, continuity, right? With that one actor being his boss, but whatever. Um, Cody, I think we've said just about everything we can say about Venom. You're, you're I, probably right. I don't think we can. I don't think we can beat this dead horse much more. I don't think so. No, I did want to. I, I do want to test a new segment with you, though. I wanted to call it heroic hypotheticals. Okay. okay. I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask you if you could have Venom as your roommate. Okay, it's it's a fun, stupid hypothetical. Okay, okay. If you could have Venom as your roommate, 
Would you? No. You you like laying out all the pros and cons of no, having a super powered symbiote. Like, wait, are you saying like roommate in my body or roommate? If, if like, you could, if you could literally be like this version of 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 Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock, right? So you've got you've got a nice apartment, right? You've got a job and everything, yeah. right? But you've got Venom in you, <laughs> right? And he's your roommate, essentially. Like all this fan fiction we're seeing, right? Of them living together. Yeah. Would you have Venom as your roommate? I mean, I like. I don't think me and Venom would get along very well if he was my roommate. Because he'd be like, why do we keep sitting here playing this game with the blocks? I don't like the blocks. This is dumb. <laughs> we, we just keep sitting here. You That's just funny. keep building this wall. Why do you... There aren't even things to come into the wall. Why do you build the wall? <laughs> like... <laughs> Logical Venom being like, it, it calms me down, Venom. You don't need to be calm. We need to go outside. We are hungry. Like, just having like a long conversation. That's fair. That's fair. I think it, I see, I think it might be cool to have Venom as a roommate. Like, like just munching down on stuff and then going out on the prowl and beating up people. I, I think it'd be kind of, kind of neat, actually. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it also seems like he'd, like, Venom seems like an expensive roommate because you've got to buy like a lot of food. Just tater tots. All you got to do is buy frozen tater tots. <laughs> maybe a live animal every once in a while like a lobster you know just buy a live lobster let your roommate venom chomp down on him a little bit or you know go out and find your local drug dealer and be like get him buddy <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know anyway that's just a fun segment i want to like input it maybe maybe not every episode but just call it heroic hyper hypotheticals gotcha. there so Anyway, guys, thank you guys so much for joining us for an episode here on Venom. Uh, we, of course, will be doing more movies as they come out. One, one I'm excited about doing is that uh, that Glass movie. I think that'd be a really interesting one for you and I to cover. Yeah, because um, so it, like, it's not technically a superhero movie, but like they they kind of are playing it like one. So I mean, yeah, even though I don't like Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be down for it. I, I'm so tired of Shyamalan. Yeah. His, 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 yeah, his blimp-sized ego. <laughs> it's a twist no it's not a twist all right <laughs> anyway so we're gonna keep doing more movies as we go along here uh thank you guys again for joining us if you guys have any questions or comments or subjects you want us to cover or anything of the like be sure to email us at panel pictures podcast at gmail.com you can find me online uh i'm at zach platinum on twitter you can find mr cody mckinney here at orange avenger on twitter uh it's minus the e is that correct uh yeah it's just it's VR, I think. Yeah, is VR. How... We are VR. Oh, wait, no, you know, it's in our Venner. Yeah. <laughs> Venner? <laughs> well, no, there's a G in there, too. Like, I was like, don't, don't. You're missing one letter out of the Avenger. So, yeah. Yeah. Like... Okay. Just just type, start taking one letter out of Avenger. And you'll or when him. you find him easily, you can find me and people that he follows. And, there you go. There yeah. you go. So, yeah, just look for Zach Platinum. All right. Um, but until next time, guys, uh, this has been Zach James and again, Cody McKinney and. We will see you all later, and make sure to stay super. Bye-bye. Goodbye. (laughs) We will tell you goodbye. (laughs) We will say goodbye.